welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and thank you all for tuning in today. And just as a reminder for those of you listening, um, that Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart is now up on iTunes. So if you have iTunes, you can go to iTunes and search Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. And you can go on all 74. Five episodes are up on iTunes, so you can listen to any from the very first episode up until last week's episode with Colette Ellis. Um, so feel free to do that. And uh, now getting to today's show. So I think in the past I've had a couple of shows on ergonomics, and they've always kind of focused on ergonomics at work or uh, lifting with proper form and uh, ergonomics at home. So today I'm really excited to talk about the role of proper ergonomics at the gym during and, and with fitness because I think um, the gym is one area that people kind of throw ergonomics out the window and we'll kind of talk about it um, in the next couple of segments. But, you know, you go to the gym and all the heavy weights are on the bottom rack. And so you have to bend over to pick them up. I mean, it just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. So we're going to talk about sort of revolutionizing uh, that industry to be a little bit more ergonomic friendly. And, you know, when most people think about ergonomics, they think about being, you know, having a healthy back and being back friendly. So we're going to talk all about that today with my guest. And my guest is David Perry, and he is a co-founder, CEO, and directs Messacor's business operations, strategic financial and legal affairs, and utilizes experience from both corporate finance, corporate business development, and prior to co-founding Mesacor, which we will talk about in detail, uh, he was the director of business development for a global specialty pharmaceutical company that developed drug delivery systems and vice president of an international contract developer and manufacturer of specialty pharmaceutical products. He has nearly 15 years of experience structuring various transactions and starting companies. He is also a shareholder in an internet company and specialty chemical company. He holds a BS in environmental engineering with a minor focus in economics from Tufts University and considers physical fitness an integral part of his life while actively competing in half and Ironman distance triathlons, which is huge these days. Anyway, so David, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Sure. So let's talk about the company first. So let's talk about Mesacor. What is its mission statement mm-hmm. and what does it strive to do? Yeah, simply the, the mission of Mesacor, as, as we established uh, in roughly the middle part of 2008, is to develop next-generation ergonomic equipment with an emphasis on safety, delivering measurable benefits to the user, and uh, emphasizing user as the, the center point of, of how we design, how we innovate, and, and ultimately how we will produce and commercialize the equipment. Our sense going back several years is when we started the company was that looking at the fitness industry, we noticed much of the design or innovation was quite marginal. And then further to that, we looked at a lot of the intellectual property in the space, meaning the patents around equipment that had been developed uh, and patented over a 30-year period of time. And, and much of what has been developed, patented, and then commercialized doesn't demonstrate or or represent a user-centric approach, meaning a lot of the equipment was designed and commercialized around the way the market was 
predetermining what was needed rather than from a user standpoint, mm -hmm. what the user actually needed. And so MesaCore, again, our mission is to take a user-centered approach to developing, researching, and designing equipment. And that's uh, where we have come from to this point where now we have two patents. Our second one was uh, fortunately issued about uh, a week ago after nice. Congratulations. Uh, a, a pretty uh, uh, intensive process. Yeah, and we're going to actually talk about that patent process maybe in the next segment. Um, so everyone, if you've ever thought about developing a product or patenting a product, we're going to talk about that because it is an arduous ordeal and it does not happen overnight. It does not happen in a not, week or a month. Not or, even close. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about sort of your involvement mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Mesa Corps and how, you know, where did your interest come from? So I'll start with my interest. And as you pointed out in, in my, my biography, I've, I've been actively in uh, I've been an active participant in physical fitness now for uh, pretty much the majority of my life. And, and with that experience, I've, I've come to realize what I like and what I dislike, especially in the uh, fitness gyms. Mm -hmm. And like many people, I, I didn't pay attention to the lack of ergonomic uh, design elements that are incorporated into equipment uh, to the extent that I always assumed that while I was working out, I was safe. Mm -hmm. However, that's part of the practice. The other practice is being safe while preparing to exercise. And so my involvement originated when I was actually in the gym here in, in New York City. Mm -hmm. And the idea struck me as I was looking at the storage equipment thinking something is wrong, something needs to be changed. And that was when the, the, the process really got kick-started. I brought in a very close friend and, and uh, actually a, a college teammate uh, who uh, presently has a Ph.D. in cognitive science and master's in ergonomics. So I wanted to bring his credibility, his knowledge to the table. Um, so he and I started the company. Now, my involvement in the company, as, again, as you pointed out in my bio, is to direct a lot of the business legal affairs of the company. Paul, my business partner, he directs a lot of the research development um, with, a, with a very human factors, ergonomic approach. But together, effectively, we are and have created the company. We're running it as we speak, and we're also engaging third parties to help us with industrial design, engineering analysis, ergonomic analysis, and eventually prototyping. Right. So there's a lot of research going into all of the products that you're developing. Yeah, very research intensive from both a, a human factor standpoint. Mm -hmm. So how do we cognitively connect the user to the equipment, making it a very uh, almost second nature type of interaction? So in other words, when they see our equipment, the utility of it is apparent. Mm -hmm. It's However, almost intuitive. Almost intuitive. Mm -hmm. However, once they engage with the equipment, they'll realize, hopefully, the benefit. Mm -hmm. Now, the other part of the, the research, uh, and this is, has to do more with the industry as it is today, spatial relations, spatial analysis. So how much does our equipment take up? Uh. And then also from the standpoint of when a person is in the gym, what are their habits? Are they going from the storage rack to a bench? Are they going from a storage rack to an open area? So we had to look at that relationship as it 
uh, factored into how do we design the equipment. Well, that's, I would have never thought <laughs> about, you know, because, I mean, I go to the gym all the time, and I guess I never really thought about taking equipment from a storage rack to a bench or, you know, do you have to, how far do you have to carry it? Do you have to rotate? Do you have to twist in order to get there? Which, you know, can all mm-hmm. wreak havoc on a system, especially on a back. Yeah, and, and you, you bring up a couple of key words, and that is twist and bend. Yeah. So as part of the ergonomic analysis. Not, 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 good, not good for the back, no, the twist no, no, and bend. No, <laughs> no, so we actually looked at existing equipment. Mm-hmm. And we determine using um, certain biomechanical information, anthropometric information, which relates to the length of our arms, the length of our torso, how much is required for us to bend and reach to grab something, to lift a load. Mm-hmm. So from the standpoint of an analyzing existing equipment and the loads and limitations that the existing equipment places on the user today, we were able to establish a benchmark. And that benchmark, we then compared to the analytical information we derive from examining our own equipment. And the difference there represents the benefit. So without getting too empirical or too uh, numbers oriented, so a male in the 50 percentile, which is your average Uh stature of a male, reaching to bend over... To, and, and to lift two 40-pound dumbbells, so a 40-pound mm-hmm. dumbbell in each hand, an aggregate load of 80 pounds. They're exerting anywhere between 800 and 1,000 pounds per square inch on a roughly three-square-inch area of your lower back. Wow. So we, we can then deduce that by putting the dumbbells, for instance, at your side, Instead of, because you know how I just said, you know, when you go to the gym, most, all the heavier stuff's on the bottom and all the lighter stuff is kind of right in that power zone, right in sort of your waist height. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And and power zone is a very key term that is Uh often overlooked, seldomly used. And the power zone effectively is the, the area adjacent to your body, in front of your body, from your breast level down to your knuckles when your arms are extended. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to put the, the load in that area without having to require the user to bend over and reach forwardly for it. Right, right. So by doing so, we have effectively negated that load on your lumbar spine. Which is, you know, music to a physical therapist's ears, I could tell you that. Um, So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll continue with this discussion when we get back. So stay tuned. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We are certified certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, 
Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. Money, time, happiness, success. Where's your breakthrough? Join me, Nora Simpson, as I bring you real-world tools for combining financial smarts with spiritual purpose. As a consultant to CEOs, I've helped produce clear, measurable financial results while expanding integrity, passion, and joy. Share my journey as we apply the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment to create breakthroughs for people across the world, the people of Creation Nation. Listen to Nora Simpson's Creation Nation Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. For the broken hearted The silent prayer For faith departed And I ain't gonna be Just a face in the crowd You're gonna hear my voice When I shout it out loud It's my Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by David Perry, co-founder and CEO of MesaCore. And uh, over the, oh, and if anyone has any, sorry, if you have any questions for myself or for David, you can call in toll-free at 877-480-4120. So last uh, segment, we were, uh, Dave was giving us some, some really interesting numbers on uh, the way that, you know, certain equipment at the gym is set up and how those uh, pounds per square pounds per square inch yeah uh, can affect the body so you know over the break uh someone in the studio asked you know what are there any equipment in a gym that could be defined as being ergonomically sound or ergonomically correct so david i'll sort of send that over to you yeah and and this is the the numbers that i'll I'll put out there are are anecdotally and, and they're coming from various representatives within the fitness industry the the numbers we've been told is that between 95 and 90, 97% of the equipment in fitness centers are designed not from an ergonomic standpoint, meaning there are certain limitations biomechanically inherent with, this, with the existing equipment. Mm-hmm. And so you could then imagine that, okay, what's the remaining 3% or so of equipment that is ergonomically sound Mm -hmm. and and what we've been told and what we found is that within that category you can include your treadmills your ellipticals because they have an ergonomic benefit from a cognitive sense meaning that they are user-friendly easy Mm -hmm. to use Mm -hmm. intuitive 
um, and there isn't any particular stresses put on the body that are coming from the equipment itself. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. As opposed to the activity, right? (coughs) Naturally running will put... Of course, of course, right. But not from, not because you're locked into a certain position within Mm -hmm. a piece of equipment or something like that. Right, right. And then the other question was, what is ergonomics? And so, so as not to screw up the definition, I wanted to kind of look it up and give a very sound definition. I don't know how sound it is from Wikipedia, but um, it's a... Ergonomics is defined as a multidisciplinary in a field incorporating contributions from psychology, engineering, industrial design, graphic design, statistics, operations research, and anthropometric. Yes, metric. Thank you. Um, in essence, it is the study of designing equipment and devices that fit the human body and its cognitive abilities. And I think everything that David's been saying is exactly what that definition is. So mm-hmm. looking at it from a lot of different angles from cognition to psychology and engineering and design. Um, And on here they say the two terms, human factors and ergonomics are essentially synonymous. So there you go. That's the definition of ergonomics. Yeah. It's, it's as, as Karen read, it's, it's a quite involved Mm -hmm. science, if you will, because it really is. I mean, there's both qualitative and quantitative elements to it and from the the cognitive side we wanted to rule out hazards but impart safe user behaviors Mm -hmm. so with that being said we designed our equipment after much research um, from the standpoint that we wanted our users to establish better practices when preparing to do an exercise Mm -hmm. because if we've spent enough time in the gym hopefully we've learned enough with regard to how to be safe while actually executing an exercise we wanted to take a step back and make more users aware of how to be safe when preparing to do an exercise and many of the exercises today still in the gym comprise free weights Sure. Whether it's lifting a dumbbell to do a, ver- a variety of exercises mm-hmm. or lifting an Olympic plate to then place the plate on a, a barbell to do an exercise. Right. So if you go to our website at www.mesacore.com, you'll see that with our ergonomic dumbbell rack and our ergonomic Olympic plate rack, the way the weights or the loads are oriented with relation to the human body either reduces well in both cases reduces the stresses on the lumbar spine and also puts the loads in the power zone again Mm -hmm. by definition the area adjacent to your body in front of your body to help you ambulate to allow you to ambulate more safely with the um, either dumbbell or the free weight right and and you know i think you make a great uh, point, and, and it's something that I think I'm going to start paying a little more attention to now, and it's preparing to do the exercise, not just the exercise itself. And I think, you know, even myself as a physical therapist, I'm going to be more aware of this when teaching patients how to do certain exercises that, you know... It, 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 you could be lifting up one pound or you can be lifting 40 pounds, like we said before, or 50 pounds. But if you're doing it incorrectly, then it doesn't, it, you could still have an injury regardless of, of the pounds that, you know, I get a lot of patients who say, you know, all I did was like, I just bent over and picked up a pen. 
you know, yeah. and all of a sudden my back went out. Right. So it's not so much the amount you're lifting, but the way you're lifting it and how you're lifting it. Right. And, and, you know, I have to say that I never, even for myself, like I'll go and like, just pick up a weight and not really think about it. Well, no, I, not all the time. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, you know, if I'm picking up something heavy, I really do bend my knees and keep, you know, keep mm-hmm. my back in a good position. But because people are watching you. Yes. But I think that, you know, preparing to exercise really is just as important as executing it. And I think that that's something that really bears repeating. Yeah. And, and where we emphasize that in the actual design of the equipment, we also made similar uh, efforts to emphasize that element in our patents. Mm. So not only do we create patents that focus on the design of the machine as it's referred to in our in our patent but also from the standpoint of a method uh-huh or the functionality the of functionality it? so the uh-huh. method of using the equipment for the benefit of reducing injury mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to uh, throw out some of the language that we use in our patent so w- it was very important to us not only to establish this level of intellectual property but to separate ourselves to some extent from the intellectual property that exists today mm-hmm. with regard to storage racks, not simply from an, uh, a machine standpoint, but also from a method of use standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was very important to us. Yeah, no, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about, um, we'll sort of start in this segment and we'll probably end, end up going to the next segment, mm-hmm. but... You know, I know that you said that you've been doing research on a lot of this stuff. What does that research comprise like what what sort of research have you done when and mm-hmm. how long has this research taken so part of the initial stages uh, along with setting up the company, we looked at again as I alluded to in in the beginning of the the discussion the intellectual property that exists mm-hmm. the intellectual property that exists based on what we were aware of in the space mm-hmm. um, so apart from a patent search. We also looked at uh, anthropometric data, which effectively, again, means the orientation of the human body and the lengths of our Mm -hmm. arms and our legs and our torso uh, in relation to lifting loads. So uh, where we could get our hands on um, OSHA information Mm -hmm. or the lifting practices within the workplace, because that's really where a lot of the information exists. Yeah, that's very, yes, that's true. Uh, you know, there isn't similar information that exists within the fitness space, but right. as you know, a lot of it exists within that, the, sure. the workspace. Yeah. So apart from the, the patent search, whatever available documented research mm-hmm. um, that we could come across, and then the information that we established as we were going through the initial design process with our design partners. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with creating uh, mock-ups, if you will. What we were trying to establish is, okay, what is the best orientation of the weights with respect to the body? Mm -hmm. And then also keeping in mind, how does that look in terms of its position within a fitness center? So there's a lot of practical Mm -hmm. uh, hands-on research that we had to do by building these models and these mock-ups. And using that in parallel with a lot of the documented information mm-hmm. that we were able to compile. And will you guys do any specific 
uh, studies on this equipment once it's once you have like a full mm-hmm. d- a full um, sort of sellable. Yeah, so like we've this. we've gone through already a fairly extensive complement of studies while okay. developing the prototype. So okay. we've done stress analyses, um, we've done load analyses, we've done we've actually positioned our prototypes within a working space. Mm-hmm. So we've done analyses of how users interact with the equipment. Um, then we've also done analyses with regard to the ambulatory benefits. In other words, taking, for instance, a heavy plate Mm -hmm. with both hands and ambulating to where you want to eventually use Mm -hmm. that weight. If Mm -hmm. you want to put on a barbell, you want to use it as part of some exercise without using a barbell. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to do that uh, level of of research and study. Now, there are certain standards we will have to meet once we want to uh, produce commercial products. Mm -hmm. Those standards are established. We know what they are. Um, And that's because it's clearly defined to us that's not necessarily uh, of a concern of ours. Mm -hmm. With our prototypes as they stand today um, and and using the information that we've compiled, we will likely make certain um, minor changes Mm -hmm. without having to refile any patents Um, but those changes really are just for the benefit of with already the the hazards that we've ruled out we want to ensure that any hazards that do exist Uh um, with respect to you mean you might you might um, for instance uh, rub your hip along one of the holders Mm. so we might want to increase the clearance in between The, what about uh, the pinching holders. a finger? I feel like I always pinch my fingers on these. I, I, this is just probably yeah. like, but I feel like when I'm at the gym, like even if I put a weight down or put a, something like, I feel like my fingers are always like at risk of getting pinched. So when when I mentioned hazards or limitations earlier, that's uh-huh. one of them. Strike yeah. points, oh, okay. uh, which is the more technical term. Okay, so finger Karen pinching <laughs> isn't really a technical for, term, is right. what you're saying. But but <laughs> but it's true. So when uh, well during the break, you you asked um, so. Or you made a comment about actually going to the gym and observing people. Yeah. And what we what we noticed is that a lot of people contour their body in a very awkward position. Yeah. Mostly because they don't want to strike their knee or they don't want to strike uh, their hands or their fingers. Sure, sure. So we, in our design, we've ruled out those. We've nice. designed around or against uh-huh. those uh, design hazards. And so with regard to the potential to strike your hand or your finger, or even your knee, they're completely ruled out. Great. Good to know. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm Carol Ward from the Body Mind Wellness Program. Listen to my show for ideas and information to help you live a healthier life in body, mind, and spirit. You'll hear from terrific guests who are experts in the areas of health, wellness, and creativity. So join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com, professionals serving community. Are you stuck in your business or career? 
Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. To healthy, wealthy, and smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by David Perry. He is a co-founder and CEO of MesaCore, which uh, is developing ergonomically sound equipment for uh, the fitness industry. So let's let's talk about the fitness industry for for a moment. So. You know, I've been going to gyms for many, many years, and for many, many years, you see the same sort of storage, like how we were saying, where you have your the lighter weights on top, the heavier weights on the bottom, and, you know, before I was saying, like, I always feel like I'm afraid I'm going to pinch my fingers, and they're... Strike points? Strike points. Strike points. And then <laughs> over the, the break, we, he was saying, we were talking about these um, racks and how they're actually tiered so that, you know, the bottom racks are out a little bit lower. So if you go to bend down to pick something up, like you're going to bang your knee or something like that. So this has been around for a long time. So why? Why? Why the reluctance to change? Why has something like this not been introduced 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, th- there are a number of factors that, that play into the decision process at many of these large fitness equipment manufacturers. And without mentioning of any of them, I'm sure they're obvious to a lot of the listeners. And, and by virtue of our research into the space and also our interaction with many of these companies, because we did meet with many of these companies to to, to um position our equipment um, within their own product line. So what we found are a couple of things. One, there's a tremendous amount of stagnation when it comes to free weight equipment and especially storage equipment mm-hmm. because it, within the industry and for many years, if not decades, storage equipment have been regarded as add-ons. Mm. So when a fitness facility is placing an order for equipment, They'll often focus on 
the treadmills, the ellipticals, and some of the selectorized equipment, the most popularly used right, equipment. Right, right. And as a, as a bonus, many of these equipment manufacturers will say, oh, well, we'll, we'll throw in a dumbbell rack. We'll throw in a plate, uh, weight tree just uh-huh. for... Just because we like you. Right, right. And because uh, you're spending thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars and, on all and this other the equipment. Ellipticals and the treadmills represent the higher margin equipment within a manufacturer's portfolio. what does that portfolio. mean? Higher margin meaning the difference between the cost of what is required to make the equipment versus mm-hmm. what is sold. So that difference is the margin. So I imagine if, you, if it costs you $10 to make something, you sell it for 100 well, then gotcha. your margin is tenfold. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with storage equipment, um, it, the design hasn't evolved in so many years. Mm-hmm. And, and the equipment manufacturers, because very much like the airline industry, if one company does one thing, well, then the next one's going to follow. Mm-hmm. And that's similar in the fitness equipment industry. So many of the companies are designing against their peers rather than designing for what they believe is required in the space. So that being said, what we noticed is we're introducing a piece of equipment that is next generation. No one has ever Mm -hmm. uh, developed or marketed this type of equipment. So we're not only creating a different category within storage and fitness equipment, but now we're introducing a premium product within a category that has been for a long time regarded as low margin and an add on. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what we've noticed. Um, And, and again, when you're trying to change both the behaviors of the, the big guys, mm-hmm. okay, the big equipment manufacturers, at the same time you're introducing a piece of equipment that's going to change behaviors of the end user, those two scenarios compounded then create a, you know, a bit of a rougher road to get to market only because you have those, those, mm-hmm. those forces that you're working against. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I would think if you're a manufacturer of these sort of traditional weight storage equipment that you would want something that's a little more user-friendly, that's safer for that user. Um, just, I mean, I don't know. It just, to me, it just mm-hmm. makes common, it's just common sense. It, it does. To, to, to want something that puts the user first. Because if the user or the consumer, the user, the the average person going to the gym isn't put into the thought or the design of the equipment, then it kind of negates said equipment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. And just further to that, when you're placing the user first, you're also requiring the manufacturers, the engineers, the designers to change the way they're Mm. doing their work. Mm -hmm. And so you have to change behaviors of a lot of people. And again, when, when companies are designing against each other or in concert with each other, there doesn't lead to innovation it, or behavior. But, change, but I will yeah. say that, that to the credit of many of the people we spoke to who represent these manufacturers, they acknowledge the need for equipment like ours and they mm-hmm. acknowledge the benefit, whether they were looking at it from a practical sense or from a ergonomic and scientific sense, mm-hmm. But they have their own internal restrictions, yeah. right? So 
what what we've noticed is that the fitness industry from a, a financial performance standpoint is improving. Mm-hmm. We hope that that is going to lend to more uh, outside of the box thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's where Mesa Core comes in. Right. Great. So let's we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. How's your game? Want to improve your performance, focus, and motivation? Then you need Aspire Athletic Consulting. Stop second-guessing yourself. Move your game to the next level. Bring back the fun of the sport. Help your child build confidence and self-esteem through sports. Contact Dale at Aspire Athletic Consulting for a free 15-minute power session to get unstuck today. Your greatest athletic performance is just a phone call away at 801-604-0294 or visit aspireconsulting.vpweb. Motivational coaching for athletic excellence. Aspire to greatness. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by co-founder, CEO of MesaCore, David Perry. And so we've been talking all about uh, sort of the background of the equipment and, and uh, be- gym behaviors and things like that. So let's talk about the design of the equipment. What are your products? So we designed our products from the basis of what exists today. So looking at our dumbbell rack, we noticed that with existing dumbbell racks, which are measured 90 inches in length, and they have two tiers, a top tier and a bottom tier, Mm -hmm. 
they place the dumbbells in front of the user. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to place the dumbbells at the user's side. So effectively, we design modular units. Each modular unit, if you're standing within the unit itself, you have two tiers, a bottom tier and a higher tier. And holders within those tiers on either side of the user. Mm -hmm. So if you, for instance, wanted to lift a pair of 40-pound dumbbells, you would step into our modular dumbbell rack. And the 40-pound pair of dumbbells, one would be on your right side, one would be on your left side at about knee height. Mm -hmm. And then a lighter pair of dumbbells, let's say the 30-pound dumbbells, would be on a tier above that bottom tier, again at your side. Mm -hmm. So we've taken the dumbbells from in front of you. And we put them at your side within your power zone. Again, the emphasis being on reducing and or negating the compressive forces on your lumbar spine, that L5-S1 region um, of your lower back. Right. And again, that's what you were talking about earlier with that 800 to 1,000 pounds Pounds per per square square inch. inch. Yeah. Now, with existing weight trees, so weight trees are used to store the Olympic... So those big plates. Plates, right. Yeah. The big plates that you would put Which on. Which range like, from, uh, you put them on a barbell, you yeah. do bench press or shoulder right. press and deadlifts, for instance, squats. or squats. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So what we've noticed, and Karen, you pointed this out, this out earlier, is that with those 45-pound plates, which are often the heaviest plates found yeah. in the gym, they're on the storage unit closest to the floor. So you effectively, you're putting your heaviest load furthest away from the power zone of the user. Right. And now, even at 45 pounds, at 35 pounds, 25 pounds, which are the... Still heavy. Right, the, the, the weights of each of these plates, mm-hmm. it's still heavy regardless yeah. of where you put them. Right. So what we did, we created a storage rack for Olympic plates that puts all of the plates at the same level above the floor, which... Again, using uh, demographic information, we position that platform, mm-hmm. which supports the plates at about 37 inches off the floor. Okay. Now, the orientation of the plates is critical because effectively, when a user will take a barbell, let's say from, I'm sorry, a plate from a barbell, mm-hmm. and they're going to store it on our ergonomic rack, what they do is they put the plate on a platform. What that means is the actual machine or the apparatus is supporting the load Mm. so the user doesn't have to support it okay and just by a simple manipulation of the plate you rotate it and push it into a holder a holder very much similar to a dish rack okay and that's where the the design inspiration came from that makes sense assuming that once we could then take the load off of the user the user just has to make a very simple manipulation of the plate Uh Uh roll it into a holder and and the plate actually rests in a rack very much like a dish Uh rests in a dish rack Uh Um, and the the other benefit of our equipment is that you can have a user on one side of it and a user on the opposite side Uh so you have simultaneous use and you also have multiple access points. So we've positioned our plates in, in very much that same manner. There's something worth pointing out with this, the design of our equipment, especially our dumbbell rack, and that is the segregation of users. So when, what we analyze in the, in the gym setting is you have many different user groups based mm-hmm. on the loads that they're lifting. Sure. You have someone like me who's certainly not lifting 20 to 
fifty pound dumbbells. Right. Right. And or someone like me who's not lifting 70, 80 or 90 pound mm-hmm. dumbbells. At least I'm not doing that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and so what, what our equipment enables, let's say, a gym owner to do is you can position our racks throughout the gym in, in a very different orientation, a very different pattern than what their limitations are today. Right. And one of the benefits, and this has been acknowledged by many of the people we've spoken to in, in the industry, is that you can take your lighter lifters, if you uh-huh. will, and place them in an area where they don't feel self-conscious lifting amongst the heavier lifters. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you create a, a more conducive environment right. and you make people more comfortable. And so we took that into account as well. Mm. Yeah, I like that, actually. I like that a lot because, you know, it's true because, you you know, a lot of times when when I go to the gym, I'm always like kind of, you know, and I'm not shy at the gym or anything like that. But, you know, I may be using 10 pounds at the most, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always feel like you're always kind of looking around and comparing yourself to the people around you and what they're lifting. So it would be nice if you had like your own little like area yeah where you can Mm -hmm. feel a little more comfortable right yeah and and i guess that sort of taking into the psychology part of the ergonomics right yeah yeah it's it's a different dimension to Mm -hmm. to a user's uh interaction a user's connection to the equipment within the environment they're exercising and uh, you, you don't want to create any psychological limitations. Mm-hmm. You want to make the equipment inviting, intuitive, uh, whereby they don't have to really think too much um, before actually using it. Right, right. And going back to the Olympic plate. So you have, the, it's like a dish rack. And is there like a, like a, like a I know you said like a platform, mm-hmm. or is there like a space in front of that? No, so effectively, um, a user will stand in front of this platform, Mm -hmm. okay, and adjacent to that platform, in front of the user, are these holders. Okay. Okay, and so effectively, as I mentioned, the user will rest the plate on the platform and then rotate it. So now the plate is perpendicular to the gotcha. user's power zone or the front of their body. And they just fact, they simply roll the plate into a holder, which is depressed, meaning the platform's on one level and the I actual see. bottom of the holder is on a level below that platform. Gotcha. So the plate actually rolls off the platform into the holder. I see. And I they see. rest upright. Okay. All right. That makes sense. This is when you really need TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> like video would be so helpful here. And I even, you know, went onto the website and looked, but it's, a, I, I like the way that you're describing it. So in that regards, I guess you don't have to worry about like pinching your fingers and all that kind of no, stuff. No, again, we, we, clearly we, that's my biggest concern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had you in mind. We wanted to make uh-huh. sure that Karen wouldn't strike her fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah but there, we, we ruled those, those limitations out as well with regard to our plate rack. And what I think is another thing, and, and I've heard this from patients and, and friends alike, is a lot of times they'll go to put them on the, the little pegs, pegs mm-hmm. and they'll fall off and it'll land on their toe yeah. or something like that. So obviously with this type of a system, that's kind of taken out of the equation. That is. That is. And that, that leads to another important point is, and that as it relates to sight lines. So with regard to existing plate trees, if you want to lift a 45-pound plate, which is uh-huh. below the 35-pound plates, and uh-huh. if you have a, an array of plates on a holder, oh, you can't oftentimes see you can't see oh. 
the plate or the peg. So yeah. let's just say you're returning from doing exercise and you want to store the 45 pound plate on the on the bottom mm-hmm. of the rack you've got to manipulate a very precise movement when in fact your sight lines are impaired right. you can't see the peg right, right. so you, then you have to further contort your body and bend right. forwardly whereas with our equipment everything is obvious and and also at, at a point where you're probably a little fatigued as well that's that's which, a, which an exceptional point yeah to everything your, so. your cognitive ability is impaired yeah and your physical, physical. ability is also com- impaired too because uh-huh. you're fatigued yeah and right. and we're all guilty of being lazy under those circumstances. Sure, sure. absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're just going to wrap everything up, so stay tuned. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hi, this is Nancy Tato from Speak Spin Radio. Speak Spin Radio is an exploration of the world of communication, how it happens and how to make it better, because the quality of your communication has a direct impact on the quality of your life. Tune in Mondays at 2 p.m. on TalkingAlternative.com, where I'll be interviewing experts from business, academia, the arts, and new thought. Join me Mondays at 2 p.m. and get all your communications questions answered on Speak Spin Radio. Hi, I'm Carol Ward from the Body Mind Wellness Program. Listen to my show for ideas and information to help you live a healthier life in body, mind, and spirit. You'll hear from terrific guests who are experts in the areas of health, wellness, and creativity. So join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com, professionals serving community. Money, time, happiness, success. Where's your breakthrough? Join me, Nora Simpson, as I bring you real-world tools for combining financial smarts with spiritual purpose. As a consultant to CEOs, I've helped produce clear, measurable financial results while expanding integrity, passion, and joy. Share my journey as we apply the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment to create breakthroughs for people across the world, the people of Creation Nation. Listen to Nora Simpson's Creation Nation Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by David Perry. He is a co-founder and CEO of MesaCore, and we've been talking all about uh, their equipment, their, I guess, safety, people-first, ergonomic equipment. So, David, what would you say are the main points you really want people to take away from? from well, from, from an equipment standpoint, uh, the realization that when you are exercising in a fitness center, just pay close attention to how you are 
uh, positioning your body, uh, how you are manipulating the weights, just taking safety into concern, because mm-hmm. that is really where the genesis of MesaCore started. Uh, the second point, which I think is beneficial to the user, uh, to the listener rather, is the knowledge that there are companies out there innovating against what we consider the the overwhelming current in the industry, mm-hmm. and from a user standpoint, paying attention to the the need for safer equipment. So uh, emphasizing safety, mm-hmm. emphasizing uh, ease of use and ergonomics. From a business standpoint, uh, a couple of things to point out, and that is when my partner Paul and I were designing the equipment, we also were in the back of our minds envisioning a company that would further design additional equipment either within the fitness space or within other health and wellness mm-hmm. oriented like physical therapy markets and right yeah. um, but but keeping both of those um, ideas in mind, so from not only is this a commercially viable product, is this commercially acceptable, but also from the standpoint, is it practically needed mm-hmm. um, and then thirdly just from the standpoint of of representing our end user someone who goes to the gym often um, there there's a tremendous need for ergonomics in the fitness industry space mm-hmm. and we don't use the term lightly we we test against it we analyze it we, we use it very carefully when we describe our equipment. We don't just use it as a catchphrase. So mm-hmm. for any of the listeners, when they do see a piece of equipment or anything for that matter that, that uses the word ergonomic, really test whether or not, in fact, that equipment either looks ergonomically mm-hmm. sound or actually feels ergonomically sound. Um, and, and that's what we uh, like to emphasize ourselves, not only in practice, but in, in the way we use the word. Yeah. And uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about MesaCore, how can they do that? So our website is www.mesacore.com. And MesaCore is spelled M-E-S-A-C-O-R. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, my email is david at mesacore.com. And I'm based in New York, and my business partner is based in Boston. Um, so uh, we are easily accessible, accessible. And, and, and willing to discuss a number of different topics related to what we talked about today. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and um, hopefully all the listeners will be going to their gyms now and really analyzing what they do and how they prepare for exercise Mm -hmm. as well as the exercise itself. Um, And thank you all for joining me. Next week, I'm happy to have on another one of uh, featured nonprofits. And that nonprofit is called Ubuntu. So we are going to talk all about that uh, next week with the president of Ubuntu. And uh, hopefully it'll be uh, a really fun interview. They have a lot of innovative programs going on right now, mainly in South Africa. Um, So everyone, be sure to tune in for that and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Hi, this is Nancy Tatro from Speak Spin Radio. Speak Spin Radio is an exploration of the world of communication, how it happens and how to make it better, because the quality of your communication has a direct impact on the quality of your life. Tune in Mondays at 2 p.m. on TalkingAlternative.com, where I'll be interviewing experts from business, academia, the arts, and new thought. Join me Mondays at 2 p.m. and get all your communications questions answered on Speak Spin Radio. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving Communications. That's the answer. TalkingAlternative.com 